This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Every Step Along the Way podcast. Uh, we're back once again with myself and of course the man, the myth, the legend, it is the only one, Dan Buxton. How are you mate, you okay? I thought we had somebody else on then, I thought who's introducing you, what's going on? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm good, thank you mate. Um, obviously, you know, quite sombre times at the minute, isn't it? Quite upset, um, you know, upsetting for a lot of people, but which I'm sure we'll touch on in a bit. But yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. It's kind of it's a weird bit. It's been an eventful, but an un- uneventful kind of weekend as well, hasn't it? Really. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I've spent. I've been out today, and I've been spending that much time doing different stuff for the house. I think I've proven and sh- actually probably set a new record for how to spend two thousand pounds in the most short amount of time. Uh, I genuinely right. It took me about an hour or so to do it. <laughs> it's just crazy. Nothing You've but. Been Putting Stokes transfer team to shame. Uh, yeah, I must admit, I mean, I, maybe that's my new job. Anyway, um, people haven't obviously come to kind of talk about my placid walls. But uh, just to, for anyone who's obviously new to the pod, because I know, well, I know for a fact that we've had some new ones, the stats kind of say so. So anybody who's not already following us right now, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Every Step Along, or obviously if you just search Every Step Along the Way, you'll, you'll find it that way. Um, and we also have a Facebook group, which is growing uh, quite nicely. Again, search Every Step Along the Way on Facebook. So... Um, just a quick one before we kind of get into all the, the nitty gritty of obviously, as I've got to mention the Queen's situation, but um, just in terms of the last pod, really. So one thing I wanted to, to kind of just bring up now, obviously, anyone who listened to the last pod, um, only about half of it actually turned out to be relevant, which is just sod's law, to be honest. That's the joys of, of recording um, early on in the week. If anything happens for the rest, which clearly it did then um, it kind of impacts everything. So I'm very impressed if anyone actually listened to the whole pod, to be honest, Dan, I'm sure I'm sure you probably agree there. I mean, I couldn't imagine sitting through a, a Luton preview that for a game that never happened. But if anyone did, uh, well done. Um, now, me and Dan really went back and forward on whether to actually release the pod for Luton or not. Like I said, we, we actually recorded it, hadn't we, mate? What Was it on the Tuesday? I'm trying to remember now when it was. It was Wednesday night we recorded it. So it was all... It was all ready to go early hours, Thursday a.m. But obviously, we don't release until Friday a.m., do we? No. Yeah, so we'd, we'd done that. And obviously, the time came, it was Thursday and all that business. And we're like, look, what do we do here? Because we know the game's going to be postponed. You can just tell. Um, and we also wanted to be respectful as well. So it was a little bit 
kind of back and forward. But, you know, one thing that I think, Dan, you made a very good point is, yeah, Luke, you know, it's sad, obviously, what's happened. But at the same time, people might want a bit of a of a release, a bit of distraction, listen to, you know, football, etc. So we decided to press ahead. I think the one conscious decision we made as well was that we weren't going to promote the pod. Like, I think we, we, drew, we drew the line there. We'll release it for people who want to listen to it, but we weren't going to go and promote the actual podcast at all online. So... Um, I think we hit the right mark there. So thanks for everyone who obviously has listened. And if you haven't listened or you've only listened to the first part, you may not be aware that there is actually a quiz towards the back end of that pod. Um, it was a really good one. I, I, one of the best ones I think I've I've been involved in. Um, and Dan, do you want to just give a very basic overview of what that what that quiz was, mate, in case anyone wants to just go back and, and listen uh, yeah, for the last it, 20 minutes? It wasn't dragged out in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some of them can be. No. Um, but yeah, it was basically, it was 10, sort of 10 questions and it was either A or B. So there was two players and you had to guess which one of them had played most games for Stoke. So was it player A or player B? And so uh, Peter Thorne, of course, Yeah, yeah. And we had like 10, 10 players who were like head to head and um, I'm not going to give away how many you got for anyone who hasn't heard, but... Yeah, it's uh, just interesting maybe to people because obviously we had all the, the numbers there as well, didn't we, of how many games everyone had played. A couple of surprises in there as well. So, like I say, even if you don't want to listen to the Luton Pot side, I totally get it, but just, just skip to the end uh, and have a listen to the uh, the quiz. Give, give you some fun. Test yourself, see if you can get more than me. I doubt it very much, but <laughs> <laughs> I doubt very much anyone can get worse than me. That that, that gives you an idea. So um, anyway, now, obviously, with this part, we will be previewing the whole game towards the end, as we normally do. Now, that's obviously an anticipation that it's going to take place on Tuesday. Obviously, at the time of recording, we don't know whether it is or not. Um, early indications are that it probably will go ahead. The club are indicating that they feel it will go ahead, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly, mate. Um, so we'll see. Now, to kind of kick off, I mean, obviously, in regards to the Queen, obviously, it was it was extremely sad, really. It was it was um, a bit of a surreal moment, if I'm honest with you. I've been watch- I was watching the footage a little bit. I'm sure I'm not sure where you were, mate, when when it was all going on. But uh, sat there watching uh, the TV. Oh, sorry, we were probably reckon you probably at work, weren't you? I was at work when it was all developing through the afternoon. Obviously, you could then when they said like the children had been called, the grandchildren, you thought. Okay, this is probably quite serious. This, yeah, doesn't sound um, good at all, really. And then, obviously, I finished in the evening time, so I was actually at home when the announcement was made. Uh, it's a bit weird because, obviously, feel, I mean, you know, I don't want to sort of go on to it too much, um, but it just it's a bit weird, isn't it? Because it's sort of a constant in your life. And a yeah. constant for most people, and then somebody who's always been there, and it's never been any different. And you just, without even without thinking too much about it, you would always think that she was always going to be there as well, even though obviously that is that was never going to be the case. Yeah. It, like I say, it's just weird to think that there's somebody else at the helm now. Yeah, and I mean. The one thing I, I would, I think, well, the, well, the one question it raises is, was the cancellation of football across the board the right or wrong decision? Now, personally, I think I follow the thoughts of a lot of people online, and I think a few people were a bit scared 
about saying it at the beginning, I'm going to be honest, I think they were. I'll put my hat, my hat in that ring in terms of don't want to come across as insensitive. But I personally think that football should have gone ahead. I think the problem that we had was that, uh, you know, the football authorities completely misjudged it. Uh, they, I think one, one game they were probably trying to play, and I'm keen to get your thoughts on this, Dan. So... I think they thought that if everyone else called things off, if rugby and everyone else called off, then basically if they didn't, they would be seen as insensitive. And as it was, everyone else went ahead, they cancelled, and they were then made to look the, the fools. So it kind of backfired in that way. A bit of crystal ball gazing, potentially, <laughs> but everything else went ahead as far as I'm aware. Can you think of anything else that was called off? The, the cricket wasn't played on Friday the day after, but he resumed today, which is, for anyone who's listening, it's Saturday night we're recording. So the cricket resumed on Saturday, but lost a day. Golf uh, lost a day on Friday, cut the tournament to three days and started on restarted on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, horse racing was cancelled Thursday night, in fact, when the announcement was made, the, the meetings that were on Thursday night just stopped there and then. And there was no racing Friday or Saturday. Mm-hmm. And racing restarts Sunday. Um, rugby, I think, matches on... I don't, I don't know about rugby, I can't say for sure. Um, the, the point is, though, the majority yeah. of stuff carried on. Yeah, majority of stuff. Either a Friday, definitely. I don't think there's anything on Friday, was there at all? And then um, Saturday, little trickles maybe of a couple more things. And then I think Sunday, a lot of things have kicked back in. The thing for me, I wonder if it's to do with like policing. Like you don't need much policing at England v South Africa cricket because, you know, South Africa aren't bringing many. The crowd are in. It's more of a sort of a party atmosphere anyway at the cricket, isn't it? People's having a drink and a laugh. Um, it's not sort of as tri- there's no sports as tribal as football. And you wonder whether the police at the minute, especially around London, are probably stretched to the max with people and that, and obviously transport systems with people moving into London and that. Whether, you know, and I think that's especially going to be worse next weekend with the funeral on the Monday. There's a lot of people who sort of at the minute who want to get into London, just want to be in around the, the Buckingham Palace area and, you know, and that kind of stuff. Would it have not, not been better, though, mate, just, just to have had a minute or two silence with the national anthem and maybe a wreath if you wanted to lay a wreath in the middle of the pitch? Or something? Wouldn't it have been a much better way of doing it than just cancelling yeah. football? I, I've seen Peter Grouch say something similar. And, and yeah, I, I saw that. Totally, I totally get it. I do, I, but I've also seen reports, and I don't know how true these are, but I've seen reports saying that they, they were worried about, like... When the minute silence was on the national anthem, any sort of unrest from the crowd, if it was people who, because let's face it, not everybody, I think most people are being respectful now, but you're still seeing people who aren't, and they didn't want any of that to sort of spill out. And, you know, people sort of, I don't know, not not respecting the minute's silence or the, or the national anthem. But we do this for people who have local people who have died and stuff, and everyone's pretty much everyone's respectful. Then it's very rare that anyone shouts anything stupid. 
you know, opposition fans against if a Stoke fan or something's died or a Stoke ex Stoke player's died, they don't start shouting and screaming in the middle of it. So the Queen, where the vast majority are on the side of the Queen, uh, it, there's less chance than ever for me for that to happen. In my opinion, yeah. it just may be right. I'm just saying that that's yeah, my opinion. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen uh, minute silence at the Formula One before the practice on Friday in Italy, and that was immaculately observed by everybody there, all the teams, all the people in the in the stands. I've seen a minute silence on the speedway here tonight in Denmark for the Queen, and it was again. There was a, there was a, there was a couple of people you could just hear start talking, and then the shh shh, you know, came out and it was just and. And other than that, and you think, obviously, yeah, the that, that's people who are not even in this in this country, are they? Yeah. And Denmark, Italy, not really even affecting all that Commonwealth countries, are there anything like that? So, but yeah, I yeah. think stuff like, for example, I know not to sort of single out a club here, but I know Liverpool sort of booed the national anthem not long ago, didn't they? And you know, we're Scouts, not English, and all that. And I'd, maybe it was, right. yeah that kind of doesn't look good, especially if it, even if it's just Liverpool who did it and, the, you know, obviously, if any, there's not many bigger clubs in the country as the, that would go around the world, you know, or look at Liverpool's fans' reaction to the Queen passing away, you know, it, it, it'd be twisted in all sorts, wouldn't it? Or, you know, as I say twisted, it might be their intention, but... <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, like I say, I think everyone's got their opinion. Um, you know, I'll, we'll kind of say one more thing and then we'll kind of move on away. So, the fact is, we've we've lost Luton. Let's just say the whole game goes ahead, hopefully, because we know that the QPR game ain't going to go ahead. It's never going to happen. So, we we've moved the season forward to try and make up time on this World Cup, and we're going to end up having to cram games in. Uh, and the other half of the, you know, we're not going to do it in November. We're certainly ain't going to have an extra game or two in December. So we're going have to you seen? Have you seen what the next date is? The next available date? Go on. I think it's like the seventeenth of January or the midweek in the middle of January is the okay. next free week, free midweek, where there isn't uh, like a, a league cup or uh, an FA Cup replay or 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 a league game already in involved well there you go mate again it's it's starting to cram things in again and yeah anyway let's move on we'll see we'll see what happens but um in terms of obviously some uh something i did see which was a bit of a surprise actually uh obviously marco dehaney that was a bit of a surprise departure wasn't he um yeah. didn't kind of see that one coming if i'm honest i know we didn't really play very much but uh, i think a lot of people are surprised to see him go it's not like we've got 15 right backs that can all play in that position Fifty percent win rate. Get to see Pete Smith. I saw that in the centre later on. Played six, won three, drew two, lost one. Game so, back. <laughs> where, where did it go wrong for you though with the Haney mate? Was he a player that we should never have signed in the first place? You question whether we should have been giving him an extension to his contract for one. But is that a cock up or is that we we took a gamble, didn't work out? It wouldn't, have been, it wouldn't well, have been an expensive gamble anyway, but... No, exactly. Well, you take a gamble. You get young players in, you know. Um, we've got Dehaney in. Yeah, we got... Same as we got sort of Wright Phillips in. 
didn't we? And we had a look at him, and it's rightfully it's just turned into a decent little prospect to bring in, you know, bring in and off the bench. Um, and an option, Dehaney, could have worked out the same, unfortunately he didn't. Solid defender, not good enough going forward for me, not, not in the wing-back position anyway. He's hung out to drive it at wing-back because he was never suited to that role. No. He may have made a right. He may have made a right back in the same way as Eric Peters made a left back, where when he had Mark Arnautovich in front of him, he didn't have to worry about attacking, did he? Because Arnie didn't need no. him. Uh, and if it was Eric Peters could go running forward with no intention or wanting of the ball, but it's just a distraction for to give Arnie an extra yard of space. That could have been you know, if Dehaney had somebody where he didn't, you know. So a, a good right winger in front of him, uh, he could have been the same. You know, get get yourself forward. You're not going to get the ball, but you're going to just provide a distraction for the defence to just maybe give, I don't know, Tyrese Campbell, who's playing out on the right, another you know half a yard to, to to move into or whip across in or whatever. Do you think this could open? I mean, Harry Clark can't be too far away, can he? Wasn't it meant to be four to six weeks? And that must have been at least three or four weeks ago. Well, to me, it looks like we're going to have an extended international break, doesn't it? Because after this, the next game, granted that QPR, like I say, is probably not going to go ahead. The next game we'll be playing will be Watford on Sunday, the 2nd of October. Yeah. Um, so you'd hope that by then we would be having a few of these returning and Harry Clark definitely should be one of them. Well, I was, I was going to say to you, because I think the one positive that we can say from all this being called off, Alex Neal actually gets time with his players. Now, I'm sure he loves this. I'm, I'm sure he wouldn't want it under the circumstances it's been kind of, well, the circumstances it's occurred in, let's just put it that way. But you can guarantee that he's sitting there thinking, actually, I'm, I'm quite happy I've got this time because we know that this could work out brilliantly for us. It could be a bit of a an olive branch to this season and going, right, get these lads in, get them training. The people who need to be fit, try and get them fit. The people who need, you know, a bit more support on recovery, maybe some kind of intergroup 11 versus 11 for fitness, get them fit. This could be exactly what we needed. The likes of Nick Powell needing a bit more time. And as you, as you say, the injuries, this could have worked out perfectly. Don't you think? Yeah. Like you say, in the, Taking the the circumstance away and taking the the reasoning behind behind the postponements, they are you know if it was a you know waterlogged pitch and a I don't know a, um, whatever whatever water, a couple of waterlogged pitches, um, he'd have been happy to say yeah yeah call the game off let's play it in a couple let's play it in three months time when I've got Harry Suter back firing and and. Uh, Everyone else who just falls into line when Harry comes back. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, it, it gives that real good window for us. I mean, I say he, he's needed it because he's looked at them fixtures coming in thinking, I've not got no time here to try and get anything done. Uh, and I, I believe, as far as I'm aware, they were in training today. I swear I saw they were. I could be wrong on that. I don't know if you've heard anything. But I swear but, I saw they were in. Yeah, they will be, won't they? Yeah, so we'll see how that pans out, mate, but this could be perfect. So um, one thing I wanted to ask you as well, uh, I know Andy has, has clearly been there today. Did you see the uh, the Supporters Council um, shout-out that went around? 
I did. It was quite a decent turnout by the looks of it. Wasn't it? it was quite a big group of players there for the Ar- uh, group of um, supporters. Sorry, turned up at the Harvester for yeah. a bit of a meet, and and I think it was quite a, a very decent thing for the support council to do to give up their time there and um, you know sort of put themselves out to for people to come and spend some time with them because obviously you know what's happened the last few days would be upsetting to to people on varying degrees and also you've got people who would have been looking forward to going the game on Saturday and and having an interaction with people and something they may not get throughout the week otherwise Um, there's people over from Norway as well I believe mate I'm pretty sure there was some Norwegian fans and stuff that had no doubt probably come over for the looting game obviously very disappointed and the fact that the game hasn't gone ahead I'm sure they understood why but I'm still still disappointing and I mean, if you think about it, mate, we only put the post out like Friday, so in 24 hours it spread like wildfire. And yeah, we—I don't know—from that picture, it looked at least 30, I would have said. Um, yeah. And that's just the people who maybe wanted pictures. Some of them might have gone early or not wanting pictures. So I think you can safe to say that with literally no notice, that it's—it was a real good success. And you know, hopefully, you know, a bit of a trial run for. For maybe doing more of them in the future. So, I guess really, you know, if they are coming in the future, just keep your eyes out on the media channels. Um, obviously, again, listen to this pod. We'll we'll let you know that when that type of stuff's going to happen again. Um, but I, I thought it was a, an excellent effort. Um, I can't quite remember who came up with that, but I thought it was an excellent effort regardless. So, hopefully, everyone had a good time. Um, I mean, I guess you were working, Dan. You didn't have a chance to go. Is that right? Uh, yeah, so obviously I, I was attending the game uh, with you know my uh, couple of my daughters as well. We were going, you know, as usual, uh, but with it being called off, uh, it wasn't something I f- really f- massively felt felt that I needed. I suppose obviously you know I'm lucky enough to you know to be surrounded by people on a daily basis. So yeah, I just. So was, to be honest, I ended up having all my uh, my nieces around as well. So I had eight eight gay girls running around my house <laughs> between the ages of six months and fourteen. That's uh, torture. So yeah, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love I love them all dearly. <laughs> Good. And obviously, I I didn't go to this one. Um, obviously, been on the council. I, I wish I could have done, but as as soon as I knew the game was off, um, I literally sorted out all these. Errands had to take and spend loads of money. So you were too yeah. busy hammering the plastic. Oh, flipping was. Um, anyway, I think that pretty much covers everything for those bits. What we'll do now, we'll have a quick look um, at the whole match. Um, and uh, fingers crossed it's on. Uh, but I've got some quite interesting stats that I want to get in this time. So uh, okay. let's move on to. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
So, yes, like I said, um, Andy's skiving again. Uh, so I'm going to take over the role of Andy, although I will not do it anywhere near as good as you, Dan. So um, you have to bear in mind, and I've, I've not really told you anything I've got, so I'm also going to put you on the spot so that you don't give the same stats. So good luck. Make sure you're listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, okay. So their, their recent record, they've, uh, they've won three, drew two, lost three. They have 11 points, averaging 1.38 points per game. They sit currently 12th in the championship. Their home record is 1-3, drawn none, lost one. Uh, goals, they've scored 11, which is 1.38 per game, and they've conceded 15, which is a difference of four. So they've conceded more than they've actually scored, which is obviously positive. The last match, they lost 2-0 versus Sheffield United, and we have the return of Ryan Woods, who has played four games for them this season, has no goals, no assists, and his only real contribution is a yellow card. That's all I've got for you. I'm sure you've got far more interesting stats than that, but um, that's my contribution, pretending to be Andy. Well done, mate. You did a good job there. Just because I only spent five minutes looking that up, that's not too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will say the only team with more goals in their games this season is Bristol City. They have 27, scored 16, conceded 11, so they have 27 goals, whereas Hull have had 26. So... That would ha- make us believe we may be in for some goals. Mm. Um, obviously, they have the top scorer in the division as well. Ooh, let's see if we can butcher this name. I was going to say, yeah, pronounce his name <laughs> for us, Dan. <laughs> it's Oscar Estupinanan. <laughs> so, does he just have Oscar on his back, do you think? Uh, probably not, no. no. Probably not. <laughs> probably has Estupinanan. But everyone else calls him Oscar. Okay, fair enough. I like I, I like Estupinanan and Lauren. We're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. good with these pronunciations on this podcast. Oh, brilliant. Um, yes. So all this stuff, uh, possession-wise, Hull have averaged only forty percent possession in their games this season. Um, so that would indicate so that's really quite low. I'd be interested to see a sort of a league table if anyone knows where I can find one of uh, possession. <laughs> Uh, we're on 49.9, so we're literally a 50-50 split in, over the course of the season, whereas Hull is spending like only you know, two-fifths of the game with the ball. Um, cards, they've had 16 yellows, no reds, which is identical to our record. I was going to say, that sounds like the, the record you gave last match. Yeah, so we... Um, this is interesting as well, because obviously they've scored quite a lot. Obviously, we just said you know, they've got the top score in the league. They average 7.9 shots a game. We average 13. Ah. Yeah. And then aerial duels, uh, we get 21.5 aerial duels a game. They have 19.8, so not a great difference in there. Head-to-head overall, we have played Hull 72 times. We have 33 wins, 20 defeats, and 19 draws. The last 11 trips to Hull, dating back to 2005, so we have played them quite a lot of times recently, uh, we have won five, drew three, lost three. So a decent record for us, away from home. We don't. So I bet there aren't many teams we've uh, in recent years where we've got a, we've won more than we've lost away from home. Uh, our biggest win over Hull in our history was the five-one victory in March 2020, which was the last game before the enforced COVID-19 break. Uh, and we've won both games since against Hull two 0 as well. 
So the last three games against Hull, we've won them all. Alex Neal's record versus Hull played seven, won four, drawn one, lost two. Not bad. And then just to go back to a couple of um, game, obviously a couple of statistics that we put on the Luton pod for anyone who didn't hear them because they haven't changed due to that. So points per game wise, if we lose this game to Hull, we'll still be on eight points from nine games, and that will be our third worst start since 1989. Only 2008, when we had seven points after nine games, and uh, the season where Nigel, uh, Nigel, Nathan Jones was in charge, when we only had two points after nine games, uh, that would be the only time in the last what 30 years, 33 years, that we've had a worse start than this season. Right. Uh, a couple of player statistics just to finish off on. Uh, again, a repeat from the other day, Tyrese Campbell, if he starts only the second time uh, that he would start back-to-back games this year, the last time being Birmingham and Luton in February, and it will be the uh, first time he's played back-to-back games up front since 2020, which again was that whole game, and then the Reading away, wasn't it, that we restarted after COVID with? Yeah. It, that was the last time he played back-to-back games up front. Uh, and Nick Powell, now we mentioned the other day he's got a good record against Luton. Well, his record against Hull, played five, won three, scored on four occasions. There is no team he has scored more goals against than Hull City in his career. Oh, perfect. Good. And you asked and you shall receive. I have a table with the latest possession stats for everybody in the league. I so want that link. Thank you. Fire you, will have, you will have that link. And you'll have to know that Hull are bottom of the league on possession. Um, Burnley are top on 65.6% average. Sean Dyche is spinning in his Burnley management grave. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You were on about shots per game, I think, earlier. They have the lowest shots per game in the league. Um, And in terms of goals in the division, Stoke have eight, who are in 16th place. Um, Hull have 11 with ninth in the league. Um, and pass percentages, we have... Ooh, not, actually, we're almost neck and neck. So we have 74.9 uh, average. They have 74.0 average. So um, we're close on others, but in terms of possession and shots per game and stuff, we're way ahead and they're kind of bottom. Yeah, so, that, would say, that would say to me... That they let the opposition off the ball, they would sit probably sit quite deep, maybe invite the pressure on, break at pace, and from that, from breaking at pace, they are not creating loads of chances because they aren't receiving the ball very often. But when they do get a chance, they're probably good chances because they're scoring a lot of goals from not many shots. So maybe, like I say, the breaking at pace, maybe getting three on threes, and they manage you know them kind of breaks, where they maybe outnumbering the defence or you know got as many players going forward as there are defenders back, and they're managing to create good opportunities, rather than say a team who has a lot of the ball, and maybe has a lot of shots, but they are you know there's, when they're having a shot, they've got to get it past three defenders and the goalkeeper. Curly round them in or whatever, and you know, very rarely that they go in. I would say that's probably what we're going to be up against on Tuesday night by the sounds of it. 
by the sounds of it. But I'll tell you what, let's uh, take a listen to some audio that's come in. Uh, Dan might potentially answer our questions. So um, Ant from the Holland Back podcast, he's again sent over some audio. So Ant, thank you very much. Let's have a quick listen to see what he has to say about Tuesday night. Uh, hi guys, it's Ant from Tull and Back podcast. Um, Hull City's summer has just been quite incredible, really. We've we, we've had a few years of where you know we had the owner, the Lambs, that just really didn't want to invest in the club anymore, and that relationship totally broke down with the fans, and the the club was just regressing to the point where attendances were you know lingering around the ten thousand mark, and it was quite sad to see. But the new owners come in, and he's really connected with the fans. He's in the pubs before games with them. He's he's even popping around to people's houses and. You know, he's, he's, he's got some big sponsorship deals, massive upturn of quality in squad. You know, we brought in players that have got regular international experience, Champions League, Europa League experience, uh, a lot from abroad, obviously, that will be well documented. But we've also recruited well in terms of championship experience. So Ryan Woods, Cyrus Christie, Nathan Baxter, these players, uh, John Michael Seree, which I think is probably the signing of the summer for the championship, especially on a free um, you know, we, we've we've really, really recruited well. Um, we're a bit of a mixed bag. Injuries have really hampered us this season. We're about 13, 14 injuries consistently since the beginning of the season. And it's it's really tough to get, you know, a view of what our strongest 11 is because we haven't seen our, uh, a fully fit squad um, to pick a, a fully strong 11. Um so, you know, but but the, we have identified key players already in the likes of, you know, Ozantu fans have been phenomenal since since joining and Sari has been very good. Esther Pinion, obviously top scorer in the league, um, looks a clinical goal poacher. Jacob Greaves signing on for four years as well. You know, it, it, it's an exciting time, but, you know, we've got some players coming back too. Fan and Sari back in the side. Pel, Pelcast is another exciting signing on deadline day. Harvey Vale on loan from Chelsea as well. Um you know, we're, we're, I would say we're hard to beat, but we're we're leaking goals a bit at the minute. But I just think that's just due to, you know, trying to bed in these new players and get used to this new system. So uh, I think it's going to be a, a tough game against Stoke, but we're quite good at home. Uh, so I'll go for a nice solid 2-2 draw. Cheers, Ant. Much appreciated, mate. Um, so, yeah, I think he's he's kind of got a point where I think they finally got a bit of their club back because from what he was saying mate I mean there were been a bit of turmoil you know no one's turning up for games clearly people had lost the love for the club they had an owner who didn't care less and it seems to have done a complete you know 360 they've sort of signed about 60 different players uh, the amount of players they've signed this summer has been stupid uh, well, but... to, to sort of give away one of our trade secrets we're, we're sort of in a uh, whatsapp group aren't we with with a uh, People from podcasts of all different championship clubs, yeah. And and has been like every day. He was like, oh, "We're signing this man. We're signing this player today. We're signing." <laughs> um, and you could just tell just how excited and buzzing he's been all summer with, like, say, the new ownership and sort of the shackles released from around the necks of them, kind of th- of the club. Um, which is nice to see. Nice. To, that, that's what we. That's what we want in football. Into supporters, you want a bit of. Even if it turns to nothing, you've had that enthusiasm and that, you know, that getting up and love it kind of thing. You know, can't wait, excitement. Yeah, and something that a lot of people that argue has been gone from Stoke for a little while. So we're just trying to find our way back. I mean, ownership-wise, obviously we can't really ask for richer owners, but in terms of you know the feel of the club and everything again we're, we're trying to get back there so 
hopefully we'll find a way whether that's the mob mentality you know of the purest days or whether it's just playing good football or whether it's just winning games you know that 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 strange thing that called winning games uh, always helps doesn't it um but anyway yeah so he went for a 2-2 draw mate i tell you what i'd, I'd take a 2-2 draw now uh, clearly there's going to be goals like dan just said you know the streaming goals to be honest um so yeah and we'll we'll check in with you um as well mate throughout the season so thank you and dan this is probably an interesting question i was going to ask you for your team prediction i'm kind of, i don't know if you've got it to hand actually but I'm, I'm kind of guessing it's i mean mine's not changed since the one i predicted versus luton especially now players have had time to have even more time off so i mean while i tell you what while you're kind of um getting that up i will give you my uh prediction and so i can cover a quick look so so I've gone. I've, we had this debate about Jack Bonham and whether to keep him in. Um, I'm keeping Bonham in. I know, kind of, you were on about maybe getting Bursit back in there, um, but yeah, for me, it's Bonham in goal. I'm having Wilmot right back, Taylor centre back with Jagielka, and I'm having Fosu on the left. And I'm going for Smallbone, and Baker, and Powell. Powell just play, playing that little bit further forward. I've got Tyrese Campbell on the right, Delap in the middle, and Dwight Gale on the left-hand side. Not that I think Dwight Gale is potentially going to have much of an impact in terms of that position, but he's just, he's getting so close to the goal. He should have had four or five already this season. So um, I'm going to go for that and also a 1-1 draw. So make sure you make a note of it for our table, mate. Will do. Um, yeah, I go similar side. Now, have we heard any news on this? Is Sterling fit? Um, well, he did say he would be basically expecting to come back uh, for Hull. So I'll let you assume that he's going to be fit. How about that? OK, well, in that case, he's playing. <laughs> <laughs> OK, yeah, I forgot about uh, him. OK, uh, that changes mind now, but I won't go back. Go on, carry on. <laughs> so basic in goal. Again, I think if we if they are going to be playing on the counter attack and we are going to be and we are going to be given a lot of the ball, I think he's more suited to this game. And it might be a good opportunity to bring him back in. I'd say, for me, he is the better goalkeeper. I know it's all judgment. A lot of people support Bonham over Bursi, Bursi over Bonham. Some people put anybody over either of them. <laughs> Some people are, aren't they? Um, to me, I think if you're going to bring him in, Bonham's made that mistake against Reading. And it's a good opportunity, I'd say, a game, a game that might well suit Joe in goal. Um, he'd be good. At, he's good at coming off, better at coming off his line than Bonham showed the other day. Put it that way. <laughs> so yeah. if there are sort of quick counters and stuff, he's usually better at sweeping. He's also obviously better at make, helping us to you know keep possession and that. Although I do think he's been a bit. He's not been at his best with that lately. Maybe um, something he needs to pick up on. But that is his strength. If we can get him back on form. Yeah. Um, Sterling and Fox will be full-backs. Flint and Wilmot with the centre-backs. Uh, midfield. Now, I think I'll have to go with Thompson and Baker and then Powell playing in front of them with Campbell and Jacob Brown on the wings. Campbell on the right, Jacob Brown on the left. Delap in the middle. And then I've got Gale uh, coming on after an hour uh, obviously, it depends how the game plays as to which one goes forward. I would say probably Jacob Brown would be the one coming off, and Gail can switch onto that left wing. Yeah, uh, we can use the attacking 
obviously we're not going to be attacking much with Fox down the left. Uh, but then we have got Sterling, you know, from what we can gather, is quite a good attacking player going forward. So we'll have him and Campbell on the right-hand side. And Gale, obviously, Delap's there and Gale can sort of, you know, do the old Richard Cresswell that we've mentioned before, uh, you know, coming around the back post and stuff, can't we? And hopefully nick himself a goal there. So unless uh, I'm mistaken, did you not have Taylor in your defence? No, Taylor's on the bench. Oh, this is, see, this is weird. Like he's been our best player so far this season, arguably. They, yeah. They straight away. I think. Yeah. He's played well, but in most games, there's been at least one thing where I've gone, "Oh, he's got away with that," or "Oh, that's a bit," you know, "That's not been great." For his age and for his experience, I think he's done fantastic. But if we are... I'm looking at... I've got a young goalkeeper. I've got a young and experienced right-back. Ben Wilmot's in his early 20s. If... And I'm not dropping Ben Wilmot. I think, to me, I think he's been... Especially because he keeps moving him about. He's been very, been playing very well this season. Yeah. Um I know, obviously, you know, you give a penalty away against Reading, but bar that, I think he's done very well, been very consistent. And I think if he actually, if they give him a position, and let him, especially centre-back, and let him nail it down and stop moving him about, I think they'd see the best of him, to be honest. Yeah. And it's, to, me, to me, it's who plays with him at the minute. Until Suter comes back, it's Wilmot plus one, if they're going to be playing four at the back. And... Just with the young keeper and Sterling coming in as well, for me, Flint and his experience could just be vital. Um, point. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you put Taylor in there as well, you're then asking a lot of Wilmot and probably Fox to maintain a back four and the young keeper that's been in and out the team. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Very well justified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and obviously, my other still be where we'd have ready. I'd have, like, you know, you're right, Phillips and Smallbone will be on the bench as well, attacking-wise. Obviously, you kind of tell us there, but um, with your subs, usually you're looking for people to come on and influence the game, aren't you? So, we'll have Fossu, right, Phillips, Smallbone, Gale, all on the bench, waiting and raring to go. Okay. What what was your score prediction? Unless I missed it. My, my prediction, uh, one one. One one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we've both gone for a one one draw then. Okay. Interesting. Um, I'll just assume that da- that Andy's wrong, mate. So we'll just put his prediction down as wrong. Uh, if he can't be bothered to turn up, then he can't be bothered to have his score prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, turn the screw there a bit. Um, <laughs> bitchy, get them claws away. <laughs> oh, I'm only joking. Um, would you yeah, like some stats? I, I would, please. I was literally just about to ask you for that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so the referee is Lee Doughty. Lee spelled L-E-I-G-H for anyone who's interested. So, yes, Lee Doughty, he has played, uh, well, he has refed, should I say, six games this season. He has given one penalty, one red card, and 29 yellows Oof. in his six games. Uh, he refed our 1-0 away win at Blackburn the other week, which okay. you will remember, he didn't give a penalty against us. Oh, with Axos. Where there was potential he could have done. 
you know, we had those free kicks right on the edge of the box, and they were like, yeah. is that inside the box? Is that out? Um, he also ref the 1-1 draw at Barnsley, where Lewis Baker rescued us with like a 97th minute equaliser, was it? Right at the end. And he ref the 2-2 draw at Forest, where he gave us a penalty and sent off, um, was it Bamba in goal for Forest? Oh, for yes. Slapping... If I remember, it was Phil Jagielka who got a slap around the back of the head, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I think Jags <laughs> gave him a bit of a nudge, though, didn't he? And he kind of instigated yeah, he the whole lot. Yeah, he, he, went, he sort of claimed, did he claim a corner? And he went for, like, threw it out early, didn't he? And Jags just sort of gave him a nudge, leaned into him, and he, he didn't take it too well. <laughs> yeah, so basically, he's, he's got a very good record of giving us stuff. Yeah, so overall, he's reffed us four times. Uh, we're unbeaten. Three wins, uh, one win and three draws, should I say. Uh, he's given us two penalties and one red card, four rules, one red card against. Uh, 13 yellows. Uh, yeah, so he's refed Hull twice, won one, lost one. Uh, one penalty for Hull. So, yes, four yellows and one yellow, uh, four yellows against them and one yellow for a Hull player in them games. Nice. Okay. Well, I'm feeling more confident now, mate. Yeah. I might upgrade my one-one to a two-one. Oh. We've got we've got a twelfth man. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to stick one-one. I'm going to stick one-one. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'll stick one-one. Okay. Anything else? I mean, in terms of obviously how whole play, we we kind of looked at this, didn't we? Um. They seem to play like a at home, a bit of a three-five-two or three-four-one-two. Uh, was yeah. away, wasn't it? Um, but it kind of, obviously, kind of a, away from home. It was kind of like a Christmas tree formation. It was a bit weird. Um, but yeah, so the typical three-five-two, wasn't it? Uh, within reason, and obviously their their star striker, I think, scored a hat trick a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I think, I think, did you say he's about seven or eight goals he's got already this season? Dan, I think. Yeah, seven goals and one assist. Yeah. So, so we obviously need to keep him quiet. Yeah. He's he's ahead of I think Ross Stewart who scored against us for Sunderland the other week. He's second in the in the top scorers list. Oh, he got himself injured and out of my fantasy football team. Fantastic. He did. That, that's that. why I dropped his name in there. Yeah, thanks for that, Dan. <laughs> okay. Um, anything else? Uh, no, like I think we um, obviously, as in regards to what's going to go forward. Uh, we we will be back to review this game, won't we, on Friday, regardless. Yes. Yeah, so we, we may we may be previewing QPR. I doubt it. I'd say at this stage. Um, but yes, if it, obviously if the game's going ahead, then we will be reviewing that on Friday. Uh, if not, then Friday's podcast will literally just be a review of this game, and then there will be no more games until October. Crazy, but. Keep your podcast tuned in because we will probably be throwing in a special or two. I'd say we're going to keep ourselves busy doing something, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, and, right. And when the international break is on, um, me and Andy have we'll be starting our international podcasts, won't we? We are doing following England right through these and then the World Cup, and dependent on. <laughs> depending on if anyone listens we may carry it on after the World Cup too yeah and either way then the Stoke pods will be back as soon as Stoke are played so uh, it just keeps you a little bit busy if you're getting a bit of a you know 
losing a bit of love for the fact that Stoke haven't uh, obviously haven't played, then at least you know you can follow the internationals as I'm sure everybody does anyway, and you can at least have a pod uh, to follow during that. Keep you busy. Lovely. Okay. Well, Dan, thank you very much for turning up, mate. Much appreciated. Always good to hear from you. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see everybody else uh, on probably on Friday. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.